what up everybody and welcome to another episode of the black expat podcast my name is carl and i'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode i am very very excited today to be joined by an amazing young woman who has been to many places around the world and including the place i currently reside which is in taiwan uh so once she calls into the show we'll get the interview underway i hope you guys have been enjoying the her story series i've gotten some great feedback from it and i'm really really happy that i've been able to connect with so many amazing women doing amazing things around the world and today i'm really excited to be joined by an amazing guest and once she calls into the show we'll get the show right underway in the meantime, in between time, make sure you guys uh, check out my YouTube videos as I've updated and uploaded new things to there. But enough about me. Are you guys ready? Let's jump right into our interview. Hi, Matilde. How are you? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and okay, clear. Okay, great. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> what time is it where you are? It's one here? Right now, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay, it is 8 p.m. here in Taipei, Taiwan. But if you don't mind, I just want to jump right into the interview and more about you. So would you mind just introducing us to who you are, a little bit about your background and experiences, and what led you to being where you are currently? Yeah, sure. So hello, everyone. My name is Matilde. I am 23 years old. I'm uh, originally from Portugal, but I kind of been jumping uh, from country to country ever since I was 15. Uh, I first moved to Taiwan, uh, and I now currently live in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The, the short story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, when you were 15, you started bouncing around from country to country. Now, a little bit of backstory for everyone listening. I used to be Matilde's teacher way back in the day. Um, when she actually was that when you first came to Taiwan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was a while back, so I do uh, know her uh, kind of well as well. But yeah, so what was that experience like for you when you first 15 years old, you're leaving your home country of Portugal and you're moving to Taiwan? Can you just talk us through what that experience was like for you, what your expectations were and how you felt during that entire time? Yeah, so um, it was a challenge uh, and it was not my own decision to move. Um, uh, I moved because of... Uh, of my parents um so my dad he got a job in taiwan and my mom at the time she got a scholarship to study chinese uh so the whole family was just kind of forced to move there and uh, at the time i was 15 uh, i did not have very big expectations to be honest um and i'm not gonna lie um, the first time i heard about taiwan i thought my mom meant Thailand. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think at first um, I thought that it was going to ruin my life. It was going to be the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Uh, it was a whole new country on the other side of the world. Uh, I did not speak either Chinese or English at the time. So I can tell you that I was very, very scared. Um, so yeah, we just went and... Um, uh, because I did not have any expectations at the time, uh, I think like I went with a very open mind, although scared. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was just taking it all in day by day. Um, and uh, I think it was when I first started high school and met you and Patrick as well, that uh, everything start, like, started settling down a bit. Um, and I 
started to like feel that okay I can live here for a little bit um, but yeah first going into it I was really really scared at 15 yeah so I know you you have siblings right and are you the oldest sister or are you like the middle child where do you fall with your siblings uh, I have two siblings I am the oldest one uh, yeah so what was it like for you with them? I know, you know, being the oldest, I know you're only 15, but when you came here, um, did your siblings come with you? And then when they were here, what kind of role in the family did you kind of take on with your younger siblings that you had? Uh, well, um, in the beginning when we moved, uh, me and my siblings, we did not have a very good relationship. Um, and for the first couple of months, my parents were working and studying and we would stay in this very tiny room, the three of us, the whole day, um, just fighting, the whole day fighting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, the three of us, we were all over the place in a way. Um, and, and I mean, I did not feel that I was the younger, no, sorry, the oldest sister, to be honest. Um, and because... At the time, one of my younger brothers, his English was actually better than mine. So I was like, okay, I'm not good. Uh, he's taller than me even, so I feel like I'm younger. Um, so <laughs> in the beginning, um, I didn't really feel that role of the older sister. Um, but uh, I mean, since we didn't have any friends... Um, we just kind of like relied on each other a lot more. And I think... Um, it was only like three, four years into living in Taiwan that I actually felt like I'm the oldest sister and that I have a role here and I can teach them how to adjust the same way that I adjusted. Yeah. So I know, again, you when you came, you didn't know Chinese or English, right? So then which one did you start learning first? Did you start with English or did you start with Chinese? Um, I think at the time... Uh... I started with both English and Chinese at the same time. Um, oh, wow. I started uh, English at the British Council. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, uh, the British mm -hmm. Council. And then we were also taking Chinese classes on the side. And that was that went on for, I think, six months. But uh, I can tell you that um, I did not uh, start speaking either English or Chinese until I went to high school. Hmm. Well, Patrick joins us. Patrick, I know, is one of your favorite teachers of all time. He's, he says hi. I don't know if you see it in the chat, but um, Patrick says hi. Um, we were actually talking about you before the show started. He's like, yeah, Maddie's my favorite student of all time. So I just want to uh -huh. shout you out and shout Patrick out uh, for tuning in as well. See, I mean, again, well, one thing I do want to say is that, I mean, I know me. I came to Taiwan and I had studied Chinese a little bit in, you know, when I was in America, but I didn't know the language. But I can only imagine what it's like for a student to, you know, come to a country where you don't speak the native language and then you're going to go to a school and enroll in a program where they're going to learn English and then you also get Chinese classes, right? Like that's amazing to, that you actually did that. You overcame that and then you ended up being, I taught you and I know you're writing, one of the best English speakers in the class, I would like to say, as I say so myself. So like, what was it like, you know, when you actually got into like your first day in the classroom and bilingual one or bilingual two, I think it was, what was it like and how, how did the students receive you? Um, did you make friends right away? Were you nervous at all? Were you just really excited to jump into it? Uh, well, I was very, very nervous, uh, especially because I was the only non-Asian person at the school. Um, so I was very nervous and that was very challenging, uh, especially not being able to speak 
either Chinese or English fluently. Um, I didn't know how to communicate in a way. Um, it was scary, very scary, not being Asian as well. Um, but I think um, I found my myself in the English language, I would say, because um, mm. back when I was in Portugal, um, I don't know if I ever told you this or Patrick or anything, but um, I kind of have a stutter when I speak uh, Portuguese. But when I do in English, uh, I don't. So when I started just speaking it and reading and having your classes and everything, I'm like, oh, okay, this fits me. Mm. It suits me. Uh, so I, I don't know. English was just like a way of finding myself. And that just kind of like went with the flow. Like as soon as I like started speaking English and everything, I just started to like fit in better in class as well and like making more friends um, and everything. Um, I did make a couple of friends uh, in the beginning, uh, but I don't know, um, they kind of um, faded away with time. I mean, not everyone, of course, I still have friends that I speak to right now. Um, But yeah, I think the first impression was like, oh my God, she's not Asian. We all want to be friends with you. But that was, that was just like for the first week. For the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the second week, no one even know who I was anymore. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, they had, some of them spoke fluent English. Like you had Maggie that spoke fluent English. And yeah. who else was in your class that spoke fluent English outside um, of Maggie? Oh. Um, I forget, was Cedric in your class? Yes, he did speak yeah. English as well. And, um, and Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application? You excelled in his writing class uh, and you were confident and grew up a lot more as well. So your writing was always uh, exponential and just very, very good too. But one thing, I, I don't think you knew this as well. When I spoke English growing up, I had a terrible stutter. Really? Um, and it actually was the same. Yeah, same as you. When I came, when I started learning Chinese, I realized that uh, because of the way in which you have to speak the language, uh, I stopped stuttering. So I wasn't stuttering anymore. Um, and I actually did the <laughs> Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech in Chinese. And that's when my stutter in English went away because I was, I just felt like, I just felt different. Wow. So, <laughs> right. So yeah, learning language is important, guys. Those of you guys that are listening, do that. It's important. So, you know, you were in high school and I know you had a few friends at the beginning, but like over over time, you know, the first year, second year, and even, you know, once you graduated, because you stayed in Taiwan a little bit after that as well. Like, how did you find friends after that? Um, what, where, where were your friends from mostly? And what sort of things did you do in Taiwan for fun, right? As a high school foreign exchange student here, essentially. Okay. Um, so it was um, around my second year. Uh, that I started like really making friends and that was only because um, I had my mindset on okay I have to learn Chinese I have to learn it let's do it so um, every time my classmates would like scream at each other across the classroom uh, I would just repeat every single thing that they were saying I would repeat it repeat it until like I got this Taiwanese accent that I'm proud to say that I have now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's how I started to um, 
I started to make friends and then I really started to integrate and it was not just those friends that I would have for a week and then I wouldn't have anymore like I really had those friends and uh, I would say for fun I mean school uh, took pretty much uh, all of my days like we would have to be at school before 7 30 and leave at 8 in in the evening so um, it didn't leave much room for me to do um, you know teenager stuff so I think I only got to like go out go to parties experience drinking and everything when I started university in in Taiwan as well um, and that's where I also found this community of students there are from other places um, so yeah kind of like connected with those people as well a lot um, and that was really great that was when I um, when I finally was like, oh, okay, there's people like me here. Like, it's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, not to offend anyone or anything, but um, it was just my kind of people, not because of their race or ethnicity or anything, but it was my people because they've also lived abroad. They've, they also um, went through the struggles of learning a new language and everything. Uh, so that was kind of a relief, I would say. Yeah. Hmm. So like, what were some of the differences between, you know, when you were in co when you were in high school, going to taking classes there and like the college classes you were taking? Do you feel like by the time you got to college, you had grown into your Chinese and English more? So you were taking more English classes or more Chinese classes? Like what was the experience like in college for you? Um, I would say college in Taiwan was not what I expected. I mean, I, uh, I think I learned a lot more while in high school, uh, especially because most of it was all in Chinese. Um, college was all in English. Um, mm. And uh, it wasn't as challenging as I, as I thought it was going to be. Um, but I think, um, I think it was more... Uh, the people that were there that like make me that made me grow more i don't know if that makes sense but like it, it was not the the college experience itself it was more the people that i met there mm -hmm. and like are, are are you still friends with some of these people that you met when you're in college now like like you guys still talk and and, yes. and checking on yes. one another yeah. yeah 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 well i can definitely i can definitely understand that because again i think I'm, no matter where you go to school. First thing is everyone that's listening that has kids, you can go to different countries and take classes in English. You'd be surprised how many people don't actually know that fact. But yeah, I mean, definitely college is, is high school is a place where you kind of find out who you want to be. And then college is a place where you find out who you are and how you can become a better version of that. That's what I've always kind of told students as they were kind of growing up and getting bigger. But if you could, if you could reflect on your experience in Taiwan, right, altogether, how would you sum up what it was like just to be you, to be Mathilde in Taiwan during the short time that you spent there? Um, I think it was the best experience of my life because um, um, back in Portugal, I was not the greatest student. And, and uh, like I said, I had a stutter. Uh, so when I go to Taiwan, I find this opportunity to like start over and really be who I am. Uh, so, I mean, it's the best thing that has ever happened. That's how I can describe it. It made me who I am today and where I am today. So, yeah.
That's amazing. And if you don't mind me asking the last question about Tom before I move on to something a little bit different, but what was your favorite class, right? I think for me, uh, my favorite class when I studied abroad in, uh, in mainland China was my, my speaking teacher because she did not talk to me in English ever. No matter how much I struggled, she would say, nope, I'm going to Chinese you until you get it. And then that didn't make me better, but she had so much energy. And I, I'll never forget her, how she helped me do the Martin Luther King. I had a dream speech in front of, you know, 20,000 students. So like, what was a memorable class or memorable class experience that you had? And you know, what was your favorite class that you were able to take while you were in Taiwan? Uh, my favorite class, I, I don't recall if it was with either you or Patrick, but one of you guys, or I think it was both actually, you guys made us memorize uh, the Invictus poem. Um, and, uh, I still know it by heart until today. Um, <laughs> and I, I can say that that was the best class ever. That was the best thing. And the way that, um, I connected to the poem. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I still know it by heart now. So, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is that is, I, I believe it or not, when I, I stopped teaching, uh, as you know, but uh, for 12, 12 years, that is the, for every listening and speaking class that I have, that is the poem I make all my students memorize. It's like the first or second week of class, right? And again, I'm glad to hear that you, I, I still remember it too, obviously, but <laughs> I'm glad to hear that that poem resonated with you because it is, it's a very powerful poem. I'm not going to make you say it now, but, um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad you remember that. That is something that is, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do, uh, oh, someone commented that you sound like a native English speaker because she is. Oh, she is thank you. But... <laughs> So I know you're not in Taiwan now. So like, where in the world are you now and what are you doing there? So right now I'm in Groningen, which is the Dutch pronunciation for Groningen in the Netherlands, which is like three hours away from Amsterdam. Uh, I'm on my third year of university. I'm studying international relations uh, or I mean, I'm trying to because of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, that's where I am. It's very cloudy here. Uh, not very nice, very cold still, uh, but you know, one person just has to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so you are currently taking classes there? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, all my classes are YouTube videos right now, um, oh, because wow. of the online teaching situation. Uh, but yeah, I'm still taking classes. Yes. So like, what, what kind of experience have you been able to have? I know, I don't know if you've been there during the entire pandemic, but what, what has the experience for you been like being there like so far, like before, before the pandemic? Was it, was it better than Taiwan, worse than Taiwan, or was it everything that you expected it to be? Um, before the pandemic, I was only here for like a year and then the mm -hmm. pandemic hit, uh, but nothing compared to Taiwan, um, which is not bad or good. I mean, it's completely different. I don't think I could ever compare it, uh, especially, I mean, I could when it comes to the food. The one thing the Dutch do not know how to do very well is the food and, oh, how I miss the Taiwanese food. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that was like the main shock, I mean, not shock, but like the main difference. Um, also, there's a lot of um, biking, I mean, the biking culture here is very extensive. I mean, everyone owns a bicycle or more than one. Um, so that's very refreshing, I would say. Um, it's very safe as well. Not, I mean, comparing to Taiwan. Taiwan, I mean, is the safest place I've ever been to. Um, so I think like coming here was um, um, not, how could I put it? Maybe um, 
coming back to reality of Europe because I mean I cannot walk home alone at night uh, I have to be careful with certain things I cannot leave my laptop and my phone at a restaurant or at a cafe like I used to do back in Taiwan um, so it's like the little things that I would just have to adjust but uh, I mean since I'm Portuguese and I've lived in Portugal for a little bit it's very similar um, so it wasn't that much of a shock I think so then why did you choose to then leave Taiwan to go and study in Europe? Was it something that you chose or was it like uh, you just wanted to have a different experience in a different place? Um, well, um, ever since we moved, I, for the first time when I was 15, um, I cannot stay in one place for a long time. So <laughs> I kind of felt like it was time to change, um, try new things and I did not want to go back to Portugal not necessarily because of the country itself but, but because of what it reminded me of at the time I used to look at Portugal um, and look at the person I was in Portugal as a bad thing so I wouldn't want to come back so that's why I came here and it was it's also because it's so international all the classes are in English uh, so I just wanted to try something new yeah that's amazing. And someone did have a question before I get into some of my next questions. They're like, uh, do you have any advice for people? And this is their question. Do you have any advice for people who want to become fluent in English or any other language, not just English, um, other than having good teachers? Right. So what, what were some of the tools I'm, they're asking? What were some of the things that kind of help you become better in the languages that you learn? Because now you speak English, Chinese and Portuguese. Um, I would say um what helped me the most was just being so fully integrated in that culture i mean with english i had your help uh and i would read in english i would watch movies in english uh, i would listen to music in english but with chinese on the other hand i was so fully integrated in that culture um and like I said, I used to repeat every single word that my classmates would say, and that really, really helped. Um, so yeah, I would just say, um, because for me, uh, classes outside of a school or outside like um, a normal environment never really helped me. Like I started learning Dutch when I got here and it was in a classroom. Um, it's not the day-to-day -day life, it's not the Dutch that you use outside and that never really helped me. It was only when I started working at the restaurant here uh, where I started learning Dutch and speaking to people. So I think my advice would be not just learn it from a textbook or from a classroom, just actually put it to practice, speak to people and that's what's been helping me. Yeah. Absolutely. And that question came in from Kelly Exchen. She's actually the host of Girls on the Way podcast. And she actually moved from Taiwan to America, went to high school there and then went to college there. And then she's actually still lives there and started her own business. So and she kind of had a, a yeah, right. She had a similar journey. I'm not quite the same, but similar. But yeah, that's Kelly Exchen. But yeah, so um, what I know, you know, when you left Portugal, you were quite young. Then you got to Taiwan. And I know you still, we all do as we get older, we kind of discover what our passions in life are and things that we enjoy doing. So what is something that you, you know, before you left the country or, or even where you are now, something that, that you discovered that you really, really enjoy doing, that you're passionate about, that you've been able to continue to do while you've been, you know, in the many countries that you've lived in so far? Um, I think... Um... Well, I was very young in Portugal. Um, I, I don't remember. I, I mean, I, 
I think one of my main passions in in Portugal was horseback riding, um, wow. <laughs> which <laughs> which I continued uh, in Taiwan as well. Um, and in Taiwan, uh, my passion for writing grew because of my stutter. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna close my mouth. I'm gonna write, um, and it helped. Uh, so I grew this immense passion for writing, um, and that's. I mean, up until now, I still write, um, and it really helps me connect with my feelings and my emotions. Um, just write it down. Um, and uh, I mean, here in the Netherlands, um, another passion would be to just go for a walk. Um, and I think it was uh, on one of your episodes that you mentioned how your passions just change from like where you are. And I say like here in the Netherlands, like. A passion would be just go for a walk, just go biking. Um, so, um, yeah, and uh, here, since we don't have a lot of sun, uh, I just grew this immense love for the sun and I do not take it for granted anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so the sun is very, very essential. And when it comes to career-wise, I think my passion, I mean, because I'm studying international r relations, I think... Uh, it's still very related to politics, uh, the legal side of it. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. So like if so, for example, if it wasn't a pandemic right now, right, if you we weren't all going through this, how do you think your life would be different where you are now? Like what sorts of things do you want to do or have you really wanted to do that you're like, man, I can't do it. But this is one of the reasons why I'm here. I wanted to do this one or these two things. Like what is how would your life be different if we weren't in a pandemic right now? Uh, well, if we weren't in a pandemic, uh, I would be working. Um, of course, I would be having normal classes, um, which I terribly miss. Um, <laughs> um, what else? I, I would definitely see my family a lot more often. Um, mm. I mean, of course, that has impacted not just me, but everyone. I haven't seen my family in more than a year. Um, so that's hard. But... I don't know if there was no pandemic, I would be taking on internships that uh, I would, uh, I, I mean, that I, sorry, that I was looking into. Uh, I was looking at internships uh, at the Portuguese embassy here and other opportunities. Um, but with the pandemic, it just put all our lives on hold and... Um, I mean, we know it's not going to be permanent, but at the same time, it's just like, it's still ongoing and it's very um, draining. It's very emotionally draining. Um, but I don't know, it's it's hard to imagine a life without the pandemic, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's been so long. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's very different there. I mean, my dad still lives in Taiwan and... Uh, he goes on, I mean, he has dinner out almost every night and uh, here it's impossible. Like we've been on lockdown since December, everything is closed. Uh, we cannot do anything. Uh, we have a curfew every night. Um, Jesus. Yes, so it's just very, very draining. And um, I would say my lack of motivation, um, yeah, also 
yeah, my motivation is not the best right now. So, I mean, um, I would be doing all sorts of things that I, I mean, all these big dreams that I have, I would be doing all of that if, if there was no pandemic, of course. <laughs> so like per, per, uh, professionally, like what, what were some of the things that you were trying to do? I know you mentioned like having internships, but uh, what do you envision your future job being like? Like what sorts of things that you want to do, you know, once you graduated college? Did you want to stay in Europe or did you want to eventually go and work in America or in Australia? Like did you want to travel to different places and find yourself? Like what what were your plans for, you know, postgraduate? What are your plans for like postgraduation? Um, initially, it was um, to graduate and go straight to the United Nations. Um, hmm. However, um, ever since I'm in Europe and getting a lot more integrated in this European lifestyle, I would say that um, I would like to stop at the EU before going into the United Nations. Um, but also at the same time, maybe have uh, something related to Portugal or something like that, uh, either with the government. Um, yeah, and um, I think this passion for politics and or being a diplomat or anything, um, it started back in Taiwan as well. Um, yeah, I, I think Taiwan just just open all of these doors and windows for me and that's the, and that's why I'm so grateful for it uh but yeah that's kind of my plan like the end goal would be the United Nations I would say okay all right are you ready for some uh, tough challenging questions because your family might be listening but I'm gonna ask you anyway you ready <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> all right so what was it like dating for you in Taiwan and in Europe <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, well, very hard, I would say, in both. <laughs> uh, I mean, harder in Taiwan, I would say. Um, in Taiwan, it was harder because of the language barrier at the time. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, once I got more comfortable, um, it just kind of, you know, it happened. Um, um, <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, so, and then here in Europe, um, I mean, uh, since I never went out in Taiwan and, I mean, no parties or anything, uh, here in Europe, I got the chance to do that. Um, you know, just going into drinking, partying, everything, meeting new people. So I think the dating life here is just easier because, I mean, I'm European, I'm a local-ish kind of. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's a lot easier here. <laughs> um, what are some of the best advice? I know when you guys are going through this transition, because it sounds like it wasn't just you transitioning to a new place, right? It was, it was your dad, it was your mom, and it was also your little brothers. But like, can you think of any uh, really good advice that your parents gave you when you guys are going through everything? It's like, hey, Mathilde, um, you know, when you're out there, you know, do your best. Like, not, not something like that, but like much better advice than what I just said. But like, is there any good advice that your parents kind of passed down to you that kind of helped you get through, you know, everything that you were going through just with the whole relocation to Taiwan? Uh, there was a lot of advice during those six years that we lived in Taiwan. Um, <laughs> Patrick said books, not boys. That was not my oh. parents. That was Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah, my parents, uh, I think the main thing um, was that whatever I would do is just that I would just do my best at it and just do what I want. 
um, and whatever I would do, they would always be there for support. Um, and uh, to, I mean, I was always very shy. So one advice that I would keep hearing would just be, just, just go for it. Just, just be yourself. Just let it go. Um, we have this saying in, in Portuguese that would translate to let the chicken go. Uh, so they mm. would always say, <laughs> yeah, so they would always say that for me to like be more free and be more open and everything. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that would be it from my parents. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say a few words and I want you, I'm going to ask you a question at the very end really quickly. So what I, what I don't, I want to make sure that I want to point out to you just for me knowing you, but also just from listening to your story is that what you did is incredibly difficult. Like, I don't know, I know, I don't know very many other people. Like I can count on one hand people I know that moved from one country to another country that didn't know the language, learned not one, but two languages, went to school in that country, did very, very well, excelled at the highest point, went to college in that country, then moved to another country, although kind of close to home, but still very different um, and did very well and did all this during a pandemic while being the oldest sibling, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what you did is absolutely amazing. So my question is, what, who, who are you now? When I ask the question is, remember I asked you guys this before when we were in class, who are you, right? Like who, who is Matilde? And more importantly, who are you working toward being now? with everything that you've been through and everything that you've seen so far? Like, who do you want to be in the future moving forward? Uh, well, that's still a hard question. <laughs> it was hard back then, <laughs> it's still hard now. Um, I think who I am now, um, well, I am extremely determined. I am not yet as confident as I wanna be. I'm working towards that. Um, and, uh, I am a person that just, um, tries to live each day differently and better than the day before. Um, I am also a, um, a very family person, um, and a very people person. So I do still care a lot about the ones around me, about my family. Um, so I would say what I'm working toward, um, so being more confident, um, and being the best, I mean, it does sound cliche, but being the best version of myself, uh, I know everyone wants that, but I think, um, me traveling from Portugal to Taiwan to here, I think that's kind of the road that I was supposed to take. Um, I feel like I was supposed to take on these challenges. I was supposed to um, face all the difficult times and everything. Um, so because of that, that's who I am. And I want to work towards more traveling from here to another place to another place to get to that confident woman that I want to be, I would say. <laughs> well, as, as when you answered this question many years ago, that was an amazing answer again. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Matilda. I appreciate it. So um, how, how did your language shift? Like, we you know, when you were going, I know you, you, know, you speak Portuguese, obviously, but um, did you find yourself struggling with uh, all the languages that you try to balance in your head at any point in time? Uh, yes, still today. <laughs> Uh, sometimes if I want to speak Dutch, Chinese comes up. If I want to speak Portuguese, English comes up. If I want to speak 
what else is there? Oh, sometimes Indonesian, I think French comes in or, or, or something like that. It's crazy. And my mind is uh, all of these languages uh, and all of them have very different grammar, which is insane. So sometimes I'm speaking uh, Chinese with um, Dutch grammar or Dutch grammar with uh, in English, for example. Um, it's very hard to balance it, but at the same time, it's so amazing because I find myself either dreaming in English and then I, and then my thoughts are in Portuguese or Dutch or something like that. And, um, if I, if I want to just speak to myself on the street, I'll speak Chinese. So no one gets it. Um, so <laughs> it's very hard to balance it, but at the same time, it's really great. I mean, it defines who I am. Um, But yeah, sometimes I would just, I mean, I would want it to be easier to switch from one to another. It's still very hard. Man, I, I am so jealous. I wish I could speak more than like the two and one quarter basic languages that I speak. Um, I, I'm going to become fluent in Spanish one day. Now, I don't know when that day is, but it'll probably be when I'm in my 40s. But yeah, so like if you have, if you could rank them, like what's uh, most fluent to least fluent of the languages that you speak, how would you rank those? Most fluent to least. Okay. Uh, so I would say the first, um, would have to be English, um, just because, uh, I mean, I've learned everything in English and some words that I know in English, I don't even know in Portuguese. Um, I mean, or English and Portuguese are maybe, uh, at the same level, although I know more words in English mm. than I know in Portuguese, uh, then would have to be Chinese. Um, and then I kind of want to say Spanish, um, and then, and then Dutch and then French is just basic. I mean, I understand it. I can order a croissant. So yeah, I think French would be at the bottom. Huh. Interesting. You know, see, I, I never really thought about that because I realized like the, 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 the most, like the, the variety of the English language we have, uh, is hilarious. Um, the, the variety of uh, my, my English vocabulary, Patrick made me laugh and threw off my question. <laughs> the, 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 uh, my, my vocabulary in English really didn't grow when I was in college, right? Because, you know, in your high school, you use a lot of slang and teachers in class make sure that they appeal to everybody. But in college, it's kind of where you hone in on that language. So, I mean, that, that, I mean, that, that really does make sense. Again, but that is, it's just so amazing. So, like, what language do you, do you speak to your family? Do they all speak, do you all speak to each other in Portuguese? Do you kind of float back and forth between Portuguese, Chinese, and English? Um, like, what, what do you guys speak at home? Uh, well... Uh, with my parents and my brothers, um, I would say it's mainly Portuguese, but I don't think we can, you know, have a full on conversation without a few sentences being fully in English. Um, and then when we go back home to Portugal and the whole family's together, I mean, also part of my family lives in Florida, so they're also very fluent in English, of course. Uh, so we all just, you know, it's a mixture between Portuguese and English and then the rest of the family just tries to figure out what what are we talking about. But it works, you know, um, it's different, it's weird, but it works. We just mix the two languages and it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to start talking to my mother in Chinese. She's not going to understand it, but I'm going to force her to learn the same way she made me eat my uh, vegetables all the time. But um, <laughs> so... Man, what's it going to say? Man, I lost my question by saying other stuff. Yeah. So where is where is home for you? 
right? So I know you've lived all in these, lived in these different places. Like, where do you consider home to be, right? And people say, oh, when are you going home? Where do you respond that you want to go to for, for your home? Um, that's still a question that I think about every day. Um, I was very conflicted with this when we moved from Portugal to Taiwan because at the time, at 15, I thought that home was a house with more with a few walls, a roof, um, and that was it. That was home. So um, when we moved, I was like, okay, this cannot be my home. My home is that house in Portugal that is there. That's my home. Um, but with all the moving and with meeting these new people, meeting new cultures and embracing and the new cultures, I would say that uh, I find home in people. So, for example, like whenever uh, I'm with my family and we're all sitting around this table with food, that's home. Uh, when I'm with friends, having a beer, having wine, having mm. a cocktail, that's home. Um, so I would say that I, I find home in, in people. Um, and uh, I mean, I've since that there's home in those people and those people are in my heart. So I kind of have home with me all the time as well. Um, so I kind of like shifted from that concept of being just a house with the walls uh, to being whoever I want. I mean, not whoever, but um, with people that I actually feel comfortable with, where I'm okay, where my heart is. Um, so yeah, it's not just a house anymore. Yeah, which is good because uh, with all the moving, I can I cannot simply just have one house where it's home. <laughs> And the teacher becomes the student because, you know, and I've honestly, Matilda, I've never really thought about it like that because, you know, I've been in Taiwan pretty much half my life now or close to half of my life. And, you know, whenever people's like, oh, when are you going back home? It's like, yeah, America. Right. But, you know, my mother, my family, they've moved all over the place since we've been living in America. So when I think of home, like you said, I don't you can't necessarily confine it to, you know, a place, right? My family is my home because that's my heart. And wherever they are, wherever they choose to go and wherever I meet them will be home for me, right? And I think that is a powerful statement to make uh, for not just expats, but for students like yourself who've traveled to many countries. Hey, home is home is where you find it and you can find it anywhere, but you find it in people, not necessarily in places or in actual things. And again, what you said was just, yeah. I've literally never thought about home like that. And I think that actually just shifted my my own personal perspective <laughs> of, you know, of what the word, of what it means to say, this is my home, right? Because again, even sometimes, you know, when you grow up, you live in places, it doesn't feel like a place where you belong, right? So when I go back to America, uh, sometimes I don't feel comfortable there. It doesn't feel like this is a place I need to be or where I should be. Uh, so home for me then could be somewhere else. One of my family, of course I'm happy, but that's family. Family is eternal, but home uh, is different because your home evolves as you get older and you get married and you start your own family, right? You have to kind of create home for other people. So man, that was, I almost Thank teared you. up a little bit. Thank you for that, Matilda. It's amazing. So this is the part of the podcast where if you have any questions for me or anything else that you would like to talk about, please feel free to ask those questions or follow up with anything else that you have to say or want to mention about your experiences that you've had so far. Um, I would just like to follow up on you just said. Uh, um, yeah, because I mean, the home thing, it's because like my dad, he's in Taiwan. My mom is in Bali. Um, part of my family is in Portugal. Part of other family is in Florida. Um, I mean, they're literally everywhere. Um, mm. So, yeah, it does not just 
those four walls that defines a home. So yeah, that was it. And yes, I do have a question for you. Um, I mean, how does how I mean how does your whole process like um, and all of your like from being a teacher, from writing your book that I still have actually, from writing your book, from CP travels, from the bar, and from the podcast. How was that whole process, and how did you did the transition? Well, I think, oh, great question. Thank you. Um, oh, Patrick wants to know how your mom, what's your mom doing in Bali? We'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, similar to what you experienced, I think I was supposed to make the journey, make the trip to Taiwan that I made, right? And I think each stage of everything that I did was done with so much purpose. When I came to Taiwan, I never thought I would fall in love in teaching. I fell in love with teaching and the students and what I was doing, and it was making an impact. And then I've been doing it for a period of time. It's like, okay, well, I need to share this information. So I wrote a book. And then I started traveling all these different countries. I'm like, man, I want more people to be able to travel too. So let's start a travel company with my best friend, Patrick. And then it's like, oh, we've been traveling a lot. Now it's time to, uh, we want to do something here in Taiwan where we've built this community. Let's do something for the community that we've been a part of that's given us so much. Let's give back. Let's open a bar, right? For or for expats and foreigners who want to feel comfortable uh, and listen to their types of music, you know, in our space and hold events here and so on and so forth. So I think um, the journey to Taiwan taught me how much I enjoy giving back. I enjoy helping people and bringing people together. And I learned that from being in the classroom, you know, as a teacher. So each step and each thing that in the podcast is taking all those experiences and just amplifying it, right? So now I talk to people from all over the world and I get to share their stories and I learn so much from it. It's like I learned from you today, but also my listeners get to learn and grow. And then I continuously am inspired and I'm able to continuously connect people to what they can do around the world. Right. So this this podcast in particular, I'm going to share with high school and college students back in America. And them like, hey, this person didn't speak any of these languages and she's had an amazing life and she's going to do amazing things moving forward right so you can do that too and i think that is the power behind building the platforms that we've always built because you know you know how talented patrick is he can do anything like yeah. there's nothing he can't do when you combine that talent with our passion and motivation for just helping people i think that's what's led us to create the things that we've created and i think that's also what made us pretty decent teachers in the classroom as well because we care a lot about what we do and we put our heart and soul into everything that we do. So everything that I've created has had that. So you know, when I ask you questions about like, who are you now and who do you want to be? Like that passion that you have comes out in your, in your answer as well. And I know that no matter what you do moving forward and what job you have or career path that you choose, that passion will shine through and that you'll be amazing in, in, in what you do. So yeah, that's my short answer to that. Very good question that you asked. <laughs> So is there anything else you'd like to add on to? Uh, do you want to shout out your school and say, hurry up and open up Europe so that you guys can get back to partying? Uh, I'm definitely going to visit Europe. So we might have to party together. <laughs> Sorry, don't oh, take yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's fine. She knows. She has partied with me before. <laughs> oh, yeah. How, how is she doing in Bali? Like, what is she doing there? Is she taking classes or, oh, she opened a, she has a business there, right? Um, she has an online store that she just opened. Uh, yes, um, actually on paper, um, I am the CEO because we had to register the company here. Um, so I'm also just helping her with everything, orders, uh, Instagram, everything. But yes, yeah, she just opened an online store. Uh, if you want to check that out. <laughs> I do. Um, what, uh, yeah. what, what, what sorts of things do, do you guys sell? 
Uh, she sells from clothes to uh, tableware, accessories for your house, for, so, so like baskets, uh, little incense holders, um, and everything is handmade. Um, and uh, yeah, the clothing is mostly for women. Um, but bags and baskets and everything, I mean, it'll just make your home a, a little bit more colorful, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and do, do you know that, well, Patrick asked, do you know what the name of it is? And he wants a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Adja, so A-J-A, -A, and then bynature.com. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show's notes as oh, well. Oh, thank well, you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Oh, and oh, I think, and wait. That's my mom. That's your, that's your mom. <laughs> Hi, Matthias, mom. How are you doing? Um, well, again, it's been it's been more than a pleasure talking to you again. I I learned so much from you today, and I definitely appreciate you coming and joining us here on the show. Again, being a, a woman, doing all the things that you've done all over the world, a young, amazingly talented woman. Again, it's, it's definitely admirable. And um, thank you for being a part of the Her Story series. Is there anything else you'd like to add about your experience that you felt like you left out or anything you want to add on to uh, that we missed at all? Um, maybe just point out one more time that you and Patrick uh, were uh, great, not only teachers, but I would say mentors as well. Um, you'd helped me so much. You believed in me. And I think if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't have survived Taiwan as well as I did. Um, so I just want to say thank you to both of you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm sure Patrick will have more to say and he'll he'll send you a long message. You know how he is, but definitely appreciate it. It was definitely our honor having you in class. You always make class much more fun and make sure that some some people who were in class concentrated a little bit harder. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Matilde, for joining us today on the Black Expat Podcast. Yes, thank I you really for having, having me. Having Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. And from Matilde for joining us for episode seven of the, sorry, episode six of the Her Story series. If you haven't already, check out the episodes and my new video uploads on YouTube. And check out the rest of the Her Story series from people, amazing women all over the world, and especially Matilde's episode. Make sure you share and like this episode for everyone who needs to hear it, because believe me, I know that a lot of people need to hear Matilde's story because it is amazing so thank you so much once again for joining us shout out to thank matilde's you. family who are all over in taiwan and in bali and also to teacher patrick who is amazing as well so thank you so much and we are out of here bye matilde bye <laughs>